Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio for today. I want you to be excited about living. And here's something that uh, happened last night at Brenda's nursing home, where she's been for 18 years, by the way, due to a major stroke. Her CNA came in, and uh, we got to talking about uh, how we met because she was brand new. And uh, so we unfolded our life story a little bit. And she said, well, what's your secret? We, we told her that we had been married for 50 years and that we met as teenagers on the telephone. And so it uh, sparked her interest a lot. And so she was kind of curious and... She said, what's your secret? And I told her, our secret is the fact that God is our happiness. And we don't depend on each other to provide that happiness. Happiness is built by and comes from God. It's a gift from him. It's not a gift from Brenda. It's not a gift from me to her. You know, it. We depend on him for our happiness, not on our spouse. You want to have a happy marriage, you have to follow that. And so we have, at least we have learned how to do that and let God be our happiness. Speaking of which, today I happened across a YouTube video It's entitled, A 97-Year-Old Philosopher Faces His Own Death. And right away, I check how many views it's had, and it's 351,000 views. And this is since January 14, 2020. Just six days. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. So I watched the whole thing, and it takes about, uh, oh, I don't know, over 20 minutes, I think, but it's very good. He comes up with the idea that he has never really seen the world. He's traveled the world. He had a wife, and she's passed, and she they had two children, a boy and a girl, and uh He's had a lot of experiences, and now he's got a CNA that lives or comes in and helps out, helps him get dressed and and wash his face and shave and all that stuff. The same kind of stuff I do with Brenda, uh, with a few exceptions, I suppose. But anyway, he came to the conclusion in life at age 97 that there was no meaning there was no purpose, even though he's written several books on death and dying and um, all that kind of thing, he still doesn't have a clue as to why he was ever born in the first place. And I thought, how very sad. So I wrote him a response, and I'm going to share that with you. And what does that have to do with prophecy? Well, it might have a lot more to do with prophecy than you might think. And so here we go. The purpose and meaning of life. I wrote this. I have been gifted with the answer to the meaning of life. I know it might sound arrogant to have found such a treasure, 
but I sleep confident and so excited about living that at times I can't sleep. Here's the answer then. It's not just to be happy. It's not just to help others in this life. And it's not even just to glorify God, even though when you hear TV preachers and from over the pulpit, they tell you that it's to glorify God. The purpose of man is to glorify God. I'm here to say, no, 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 no. That is a side benefit to God if we bring him glory. That's not what he's after. He's after bringing us to glory. However, all three of these things, being happy, helping others in life, and glorifying God, does enter the picture. And I wrote, consider the stars. Why are they even out there? It all starts here on earth. That's the answer to that question. Why are they all out there? Well, God's purpose for making them starts right here on earth. God is showing you and me around. This life is merely an introduction to real, true life. It's as if God was saying, here's a foretaste of real living that you can have without ever dying again, without getting sick, without grieving the loss of your spouse or your children or anyone else. Here's a foretaste of real living you can have without that, without pain, without suffering, and without an end. So how do you like it? Unquote. God is asking us, look, I'm showing you around. Do you like it? Do you want it forever? He's waiting to give us permanent life, full each day with serving others, building lives, and doing all the fulfilling and satisfying things that God does and wants done throughout the entire universe, not just planet Earth. He's building life out there, but it all starts here on Earth. Sound too good to be true? Well, we're going to get into the scriptures, and I'll show you some of the things that make me believe this. I go on. Our experiences lend to our possibilities and probabilities for the future. As his children, we enter his world, his realm, his universe, and we do as he does. And what does God love to do? He loves to build stars and planets and galaxies and fill them with great living, with himself, with his life. He's bringing the universe to life through his children. The future is with God, building nearly unimaginable possibilities with real power to get them accomplished doing it all permanently with zero pain, superb health, plenty of everything, including power, energy, wisdom, ambition, might, deep joy, and real thrills every single day without any end. 
God is doing all this through us, his children, as we lend a hand in the greatest project there will ever be, spreading this joyful life across the universe. Wow. This is all to be found in the Bible. And we're going to take a look at that. Let's start in Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 10, which says, To those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return with singing, crowned with everlasting joy, sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. I suggest you read the entire chapter of Isaiah 35. But that's only the beginning. Now we're going to 40.22. 40.22 says this, God is the one who sits above the earth, the circle of the earth. The people below seem to him like grasshoppers. Ever feel like a grasshopper? He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you catch that? He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. I'm going to read that in the King James, which I think is a little clearer, actually, than the NLT in this case. And I'm going to start in uh, Isaiah 40, verse 18. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare him unto? The workman melts a graven image, and the goldsmith spreads it over with gold, casts silver chains for it. He is so impoverished that he has no oblation and chooses a tree that will not rot. He will seek unto him a cunning craftsman to prepare a graven image that shall not even move. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he, verse 22, that sits upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, he stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreads them out as a tent to dwell in. Wow. We're going to jump over to Second um, Peter chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. I want to start actually in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Now, that's prophecy, wouldn't you say? In which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. That's prophecy. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now, a lot of people think that means the whole earth is going to melt. I'm here to say, no, no, no. It's just in a certain area. And... Its effects are going to reach worldwide, not the whole earth going to melt. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That doesn't mean the whole earth is going to be one molten mass. No, just on the surface. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved... 
And let's go, let's flip back over to the NLT here. Let's go back to um, verse 10 in the NLT. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. Well, maybe because they're blocked by smoke. We can't view something if there's a bunch of clouds in the way, clouds of smoke. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. I think that's a much better rendering here. Second Peter 3 Chapter, or chapter 3, verse 11 says, Since everything around us is going to be destroyed that way, or like this, what holy and godly lives should you live? Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire, and the elements will melt away in the flames. Now, that doesn't say worldwide, just in the Middle East, for example. And more than likely, that's the only place. But that'll be enough to cloud cover the whole earth in a black cloud of smoke. That's bad. Can't be good. Verse 13, but we are looking forward to the new heavens, and the new earth, he has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. Okay, now did you notice that he's talking about a world, not just a planet? The word world includes the new heavens and the new earth. So, for the new heavens to be filled with God's righteousness means there's going to be people on other planets. Has to be. It can't not be. Rocks can't be righteous. There has to be people on them. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, which says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. The sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people on this planet, on earth. Yep. He will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. <laughs> wow, that sounds great. Now let's check out Isaiah chapter 42. 42, 5 through 9, in the NLT. God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. And it is he who says, I, 
the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand to guard you, and I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them. How can a human being be a covenant with the people of Israel? Well, a covenant is an agreement between God and men. So we can act as his emissaries and join. We're, we are to make the connection between God and man. That's what he's talking about here in my view. Reading on. And you will be a light to guide the nations. You see there? You will open the eyes of the blind. Now, when you're a teacher and you're in a classroom and you suddenly see the fact that people perk up, their eyes brighten, and they've learned something, it's the most satisfying and rewarding thing that a teacher could ever do, I think. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. Now, a dark dungeon can be inside your own head if you're depressed all the time and things like that. So you can set those captives free with this knowledge that God is building worlds and filling them with life. And it starts here on earth with the return of Christ and the kingdom of God. In verse 8, he says, I am the Lord, that's my name, and I will not give my glory to anyone else, certainly not share my praise with carved idols. Everything I prophesied has come true, and now I will prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. That's prophecy. That's what God is up to He's trying to prepare a people for himself, ready to go into the kingdom of God and serve the nations. So sing a new song to the Lord, verse 10. Sing his praises from the ends of the earth. Sing, all you who sail the seas, all you who live in distant coastlands, join the chorus. You desert towns, let the villages of Kedar rejoice. Wow, let the people of Selah sing for joy. Shout praises from the mountaintops. Let the whole world glorify the Lord and sing it his praise. Does a father raise children to get glory for himself? I've never heard of such a thing. No, we don't as fathers raise children so that people say, oh, what a wonderful father you are. No, if we are a wonderful father, it's because we followed our wonderful father, God. That's all. And that brings glory to God the Father. So it's not that that's what he's after. It's a side benefit. Now let's go to 45.18 and see what it has to say here. Here's what it says, 4518 Isaiah. For the Lord is God, and he created the heavens and earth, and he put everything in place. He made the world to be lived in, not a place of empty chaos, 
I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. I publicly proclaim bold promises. Wouldn't you think if his promise was to bring the whole world, that is, the heavens and the earth, to newness with life in righteousness? Yes, I think that would be a very bold promise. Is there anything greater than that? Anything bigger that that you can think of? Like going to heaven when you die? That's better than that? No. Well, in verse 17, he says, But the Lord will save people of Israel with eternal salvation. That's permanent life. Throughout everlasting ages... They will never again be humiliated and disgraced, for the Lord is God. He created the heavens and the earth and put everything in place. He made the world to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. In the King James, it says it just a little bit different. Let's see. It says this in the King James, For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it, that is, the heavens and the earth. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. There is none else. That's why in 40.22, he calls it a tent to dwell in. The heavens are a tent to dwell in? Yep. Now let's go to 51, verses 11 through 16 of the book of Isaiah. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing to Zion, and everlasting joy will be upon their heads. They will obtain Gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I, am he that comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man that's going to die? And the son of man, which will be made as grass. Verse 13, And you forget the Lord your maker, who stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, that is, a man, as if he were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive, exile, hastens that he might get loosed. And dropping down to verse 16, he says, And I have put my words in your mouth, and I have covered you, in the shadow of my hand, so I can plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. Wow. Well, I want to go to Second Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4. According as his divine power has given us all things, that is, the universe, that pertain to life and godliness, as we've already read, through the knowledge of him that has called us by his own glory and virtue, whereby we are given exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. 
that is like God. Well, what does God do? What does he like to do? Well, he likes to build worlds and fill them with life. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In Revelation 21, we read this in, in verses 1 through 5. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Did you know God is coming to the earth to live here? And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And he shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write these words, for they are true and faithful. In verse 6, he says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is thirsty of the fountain of water of life freely. Now that prophecy is fantastic. Wouldn't you want permanent life if you could get it? I would. Are you kidding me? Absolutely but not in the flesh. I don't want to have the painfulness of it. And he's promising right here that there would be no sorrow or crying or death or pain or suffering of any kind, for the former things have passed away. Yea, he that overcomes shall inherit all things, that is, the universe. Anyway, for now, I got to go. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. If you want, you can go to my website for free. I have nothing for sale. Itellwhy.com. You can learn more there. And you can study the scriptures there and do all sorts of stuff. And all my books are there, and you can read them for free. You can download them, print them, do whatever with them. But there are Bible studies that take you through the Bible very seriously and very in-depth. And it's for your benefit, for your growth, for your faith building. That's the whole idea. Itellwhy.com. So until next time, I'm Elbert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in today.